Hello, I'm Bernard Nomberg with the Nomberg Law Firm in Birmingham, Alabama. Thanks for stopping by the Nomberg Law Live podcast. Each week I have interesting conversations with people in their areas of expertise. My guest this week is Lane Hagen. Lane and his family began Libby's Friends, a nonprofit organization to help defer costs for families that are dealing with children with disabilities. Lane tells his family's history and story and the journey that they have come. It is a very inspiring episode. We hope you'll enjoy this episode of the Nomberg Law Live podcast. If you like this episode, please consider giving us a five-star rating and a review and subscribing will ensure that you get each podcast as they come out on a weekly basis. Thank you again. everybody. I want to welcome you to another weekly episode. It's incredible to me how every Tuesday seems to come along every third day in my world. Maybe I'm just, maybe it's just, maybe that's a good thing. I'm not complaining, but it's Tuesday, 10 o'clock central, and it is time for another episode of Nomberg Law Live. And as you guys know, each Tuesday, I have interesting conversations with people in their areas of expertise. And my guest is Lane Hagen, and I suspect many years ago, he did not realize or, or know that in his future, this would become his expertise, but he does have an important story to share. And Lane, I'm so glad you've got some time uh, to share the story that you and Catherine and Libby and your family are now, uh, now it appears to be thriving through, not just surviving, but thriving. So thank you for making some time today. Absolutely. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share. Absolutely. Well, it's it's Lane. Let's just start. Uh, you and Catherine formed a nonprofit organization called Libby's Friends. Tell us a little bit of the origin story and then how Libby's Friends came to, to be. Uh, all right. So it all started about seven, a little over seven years ago um, in June of 2014. Libby was born. Uh, she was full term. There were no issues during Catherine's pregnancy. Uh, she went into the hospital on a Friday the 13th, and labor began, and Libby was born uh, the next morning at 5.02 a.m. Uh, she had some respiratory distress and was rushed to the NICU, where she stayed for 38 days. The, the first few days were touch and go. There weren't a lot of answers. We had uh, some, some hard meetings with some of the doctors. And then they finally came to the conclusion that Libby had pulmonary hypertension and they began treating her. Um, I think it was about 72 hours after we got in there for that. And she was progressing uh, until day 12. It was June 26th of 2014. Libby was given a 100 times overdose of insulin when she was in the NICU. Mm -hmm. uh, had she not been intubated that day, she likely wouldn't have not survived the incident. Um, but fortunately, she was, and she did survive. We, uh, we were not given a ton of answers immediately. Um, Catherine was a pediatric nurse. I had some background in both the pharmacy world and the quality control world. So we both suspected something pretty quickly was, was very wrong. Um, and that's a day that I'll always remember uh, unfortunately, for, for the worst reasons, mm -hmm. um, 
we had they, the the NICU brought in an outside pediatric neurologist to come in and to kind of be the bearer of bad news a few weeks later. And um, that doctor told us a laundry list of things that would never happen in Libby's life. She would never walk. She would never talk. She'd never be able to hold her head up. She'd never be able to regulate her body temperature. And it went on and on. Um, the way he described it to us was it was like an atomic bomb had gone off in her brain. Um, he said it was one of the worst MRIs he'd ever seen in a living person. Um, uh, it just, it went on and on. So when we got out of the hospital, they told us, just take your baby home and love her. She's only going to live for a few months and then she's going to pass away. That's what we did. That's what we expected. Um, we, we got Libby enrolled in some therapies and followed up with the doctors outside of the NICU and the pediatric neurologist specifically, he was impressed with the improvements she made. And he then said, okay, you know, we were wrong about a few months. I think she could live to be three. He said, I don't see her living to be beyond three. He said, but you know, you may get three good years. So then we kind of changed our mindset to, okay, well, let's prepare for three years. Um, and one thing Catherine and I really wanted to do is if Libby was going to be so young, we wanted her to be able to hopefully impact a sibling. And so we brought along her brother, Drew, um, 18 months later. And our expectation was, well, maybe Drew would have a tiny little bit of, of involvement with Libby, but if Libby was going to pass before three, then um, that's part of our plan. Well, then we get to three and well, she's thriving. She's at that point, she's crushing it. Um, and the doctor has told us now her lifespan could be anywhere, uh, in the mid twenties. That's what he would expect. But I mean, we've been wrong. They've been wrong previously. So we're not really sure what that looks like. Um, but we're very thankful for that being incorrect on those numbers. Um, she's, she's beat so many things in her life and she, she fights off just about everything that gets in her way. Um, and how old is she now, Lane? She's seven. She turned seven in June and she's so happy. And she just, mm -hmm. she lights up any room she goes into, um, her siblings. So Drew worships the ground she rolls over. Mm -hmm. She have a little sister, Grace, who's three. And they just, they love and adore Libby uh, probably more than I ever imagined. And it's, it's just been so much fun to watch. Well, I know as, as parents for you and Catherine, it's been an unbelievable emotional roller coaster and probably to a certain degree is on certain days. Uh, but now from the social media I have seen and from what little I, I know of you and the family, you're no longer just surviving. It's now maybe is starting to thrive. But, but before we get to the modern day, let's, let's back up just a little bit. At some point, you guys either had a hunch or figured out that something actually went wrong post-birth. Correct. Just to the extent that you can, and I realize there may be certain things that don't allow, because if, for those of you who don't know, this uh, ended up with litigation and you had some very fine lawyers, uh, Jamie Monkus, Leon Ashford, and the Heroin Firm, that ultimately made big differences in certain things. But before we get to that, Lane, back up, if you would, what, what was it that either tipped you off 
or that just started you down a path to find out maybe something went wrong and you hadn't been told about it? So I had a pretty good routine when Libby was in the NICU and it, it revolved around waking up and I would call and I would check to see how her night went. And each morning, for the most part, the nurses were very calm and collected and they would kind of give me a little bit of info. And then I would, you know, get dressed, cleaned up and get up to the hospital, usually pretty early in the morning. Um, and then this morning in particular, I remember calling and the nurse was very frantic. She was not calm. Uh, it was very unlike the rest of the mornings. So I told Catherine, I was like, I don't have a good feeling about this. I'm going to go ahead and go up there pretty quickly. And um, Catherine's parents were still at our house. So her, her father came with me and we got up there and it was very different. The nurse was at bedside constantly. She wouldn't talk to me very much. There were much more medical personnel that were coming and going. And at this point, I was really skeptical of what was going on. Um, I kind of asked a lot of questions and I specifically asked them to tell us some of her numbers and what they had looked like. I had come to learn the ranges of what things were supposed to be in and so on and so forth. And they weren't very um, forthcoming with what these numbers were, but then I finally got somebody to tell me and they were like, well, her, her blood glucose is, is not registering. And I was like, that's very weird because previously it had been high in the 250-ish range. So I was like, okay, something's not right. So I called Catherine. She immediately got up there. Um, and we both, with our backgrounds, suspected it was something involving insulin or an overdose of some sort. Um, we asked the neonatologist. He gave us a little bit, but he was like, you know, I got to do some research and figure out what happened before I can give you answers. So the next day, the hospital pulled us into a closed door meeting with the neonatologist, the director of nursing for the NICU, um, uh, another individual who was with the quality of the hospital. And they just told us, they said, look, we, we kind of did a little investigation and we found that there was an error in the pharmacy. But that was it. That, they didn't give us specifics. I don't think they had specifics at the time. But it wasn't until we got Heroin and Jamie and Leon involved that we got the actual breakdown of how everything happened. The 100 times overdose and all of that was, was much later. Prior to her receiving, and, and oh, that was about day 12? Uh, so day 12 was when the overdose took place. Day 13 is when they said we found an error in the pharmacy and that was all they gave us. But prior to day 12, how was Libby's progress and development at that point? She was doing really well. Um, there was a bunch of mild, not milestones, but things that she had already overcome and was defeating and um, was progressing the right way. Mm -hmm. And there were two, two brain scans that were taken and they were just ultrasounds uh, before the overdose took place that showed small little areas on her brain that they just called little brain bleeds, but it wasn't anything irregular. Um, the neonatologist had said all along, I want to get an EEG of her brain, but before the overdose, they had not prioritized it. Of course, after the overdose took place, they then prioritized that. They had another ultrasound, which just showed global damage to her entire brain. 
And then they did a, that MRI that I mentioned earlier. And that's when they got the whole picture of just what truly had happened. And, and we certainly don't have to, to be caught in the minutia of, of what happened afterward. And I'm not trying to, to overlook anything, but we're with, with pressed for time, uh, after the 12th day, did things, well, apparently after the 13th day, did communications with the hospital change? Yeah, uh, after that meeting, the, the president of quality procedure, whatever it was in the hospital, she made herself very present in our room um, a little too often. It was kind of awkward at times because she would just kind of come and linger and she would, we had a, a caring bridge at the time where I would post updates maybe once or twice a day. And she made it very known that she followed our updates and that she was aware of what we were posting. And, and Catherine and I, the whole time we'd said, hey, look, if Libby is okay, it, it's water under the bridge, we'll move past it. But if Libby's injured, obviously we have to take action. And I was very cautious when I posted everything. I never said anything about any overdose or any error by the hospital on our caring bridge. Um, but of course, when they brought in this outside neurologist and he told us everything that he did and we kind of realized what Libby's life was gonna look like and the care that she was gonna need, we said, we have to do something. We can't, can't let this go unpunished. And ultimately through the course of litigation, you guys were able to accomplish many things, most notably change in policy and procedure at the hospital. And I, I suspect without even really knowing you or Catherine, that may have been as important a thing as, as anything. So to the extent that you can share what was changed, what, what new policies or procedures were you guys able to get implemented? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, one of the biggest things when we first decided, hey, we got we to gotta do something about this is, yes, obviously there was a financial aspect to it of taking care of Libby and her life. But then there was the bigger side to us was how could we could never let this happen to someone else? It's terrible enough it happened to us. But if this were to happen to other children in this situation, it would have hurt us even more. So we said all along we wanted to have some kind of Libby law, Libby's laws put into place at the hospital. Mm -hmm. And the biggest change was, um, unfortunately, before we were there, insulin was not considered a high risk drug. And we came to find out that every other hospital, especially children's hospital, uh, considered it a very high risk medication. But this hospital specifically did not qualify it as high risk. Mm -hmm. So there weren't extra precautions that um, probably should have been taken that were not. So that was one of the biggest changes that was made. Um, we haven't heard of anything happening to children at the hospital since then. Um, so I, I like to think that Libby's laws may be help a little bit, but you never know. It is, uh, I'm sure that the impression that you and the family uh, made with not only the hospital, but the medical community as a larger uh, view from, from the state of Alabama and maybe other uh, delivery and similar departments. I suspect that it's even, what, seven years now, she just had her birthday, you said, uh, there's still a change in policy and hopefully procedure as, as well. But let's let's uh, let's kind of reset for just a minute. Guys, I'm talking with Lane Hagen, and he is sharing the story of his daughter, Libby, 
and what happened shortly after her birth. And like any story that uh, needs to be told, Lane is sharing what was probably some of the darkest days, some of the, the time period that uh, as we all go through in our respective lives, how are we gonna get through this day? But you did, and you continued to wake up the next day and you put forth your best efforts. And now we're in 2021, pandemic aside, <laughs> you guys a few years ago created this wonderful nonprofit that I wanna share about. I want you to tell us how it developed and its purpose, and I'm gonna post a link a clickable link uh, in the show notes, Lane. So please share about Libby's Friends. So Libby's Friends kind of came just out of a desire to help and out of a desire to give back. Um, so many people, especially in Libby's early life, uh, really helped us get through the tough times, uh, friends, family, church members, and then Leon and the team at Heroin and so many therapists, um, they just, they put so much into us and it kind of always was on my mind that I wanted to be able to try to find a way to give back. Um, so in 2018, I kind of stepped away from my everyday job to be dad um, to three kids at the time. And in that, I, I just started thinking, okay, how, how now that I have this time on my hands, can I give back? And it was end of 2019, beginning of 2020, I started getting this idea for Libby's Friends. And I started a note in my phone about what I had in mind and how we were going to go about it. And um, I showed Catherine one night and she was like, wow, you've taken this a lot further than, than I thought. Um, she was like, so what are your next steps? So my next step mainly was I really wanted to talk to Libby's very first therapist and ask her some questions about if this was a viable option. And I, I remember talking to Christy and she was, she was like, if you can do this, she was like, you will be able to help so many families that need the help, that the help isn't there. So I already had a lot of motivation, but when I had that conversation and she just told me how she thought it would go, it gave me even more motivation to, to make it happen. And COVID slowed me down a few months, but in August of 2020, I finally got Libby's Friends off the ground. We formed a wonderful board that includes Jamie Munkus, Kyle Conrad, Christy Reniker, and Brian Clifford, and myself. Um, and our, our mission is we're here to ease the financial burden of living with a disability. And what that really meant to me was we want to help families who are raising children with special needs, obtain medical equipment and devices and therapy and uh, just all different types of things. Um, I distinctly remember thinking about the early months of Libby's life and I was working full time and Catherine had, had gotten away from nursing and was taking care of Libby full time, but she was taking her to all the appointments and everything was a copay here or you got to get a new brace there and Libby was growing so fast so these braces weren't lasting very long but these copays were a few hundred bucks to a thousand dollars at a time and insurance is is wonderful but it's not all it's cracked out to be sometimes you know you're kind of left out on your own for these deductibles and your out-of-pocket expenses and I remember thinking of no matter how much I could work I couldn't catch up on these bills and it just it kind of 
weighed on me a little bit more heavily than I may have led on at the time. So I said, well, let's, that's what I want to pinpoint. I want to help these, these early children get through these tough times and these families. And it has, it's been so wonderful and such a blessing. And I've, I've met some amazing families and some amazing people throughout the past year plus. And uh, I can't wait to see where we can keep going. And we're now, what, one year into Libby's Friends being a, a real organization and doing things. And, and Lane, can folks go to Libby'sFriends.org to read more about the story and how they can either make a donation or is there an application process of some sort if you, may, if you feel that your family may meet the criteria? Yeah, absolutely. So the website, uh, Libby'sFriends.org, has our full story. It's got videos that have gone on, um, shot by many different people, news stories and uh, heroin and so on and so forth. But it also has our application. It's got any, you know, some, a few frequently asked questions. It's got a link to um, some of our corporate sponsors that we've been able to work with. It has photos. It has a link where you can purchase a t-shirt or um, sweatshirt and so on and so forth to support us. But it, it's definitely the place I would say to go if you have any questions. Uh, it's got my contact info. If you ever, if anybody needs to ask questions, I'm pretty available. Um, but that's definitely the, the starting point. You know, it's, it's your family story. As I said earlier, and when we started the show, no one ever anticipates something like this, certainly not. And it really shows Catherine's and your resilience. And I know that also behind the scenes, there are many loved ones, friends, family, neighbors, people you don't even know have probably, or didn't know at the time, have impacted your, your lives in such a meaningful way. So for anybody who may be watching this live or maybe watching it on, on YouTube or wherever they may catch it on social media, let's, let's talk a little bit about Libby and her development and how she's doing now. What's going on in her world? Uh, um, Libby is just, she lights up every room she, she goes in. I know I said that earlier, but um, she's so happy and people, people think we're crazy, but out of our three children, Libby is our easiest one almost daily. Um, she can't run away from me. She can't talk back to me. She can't throw things at me. Um, but she just, she's so relaxed. And she is currently in second grade at Cherokee Bend. And she goes five days a week, just like a normal second grader. Um, she loves being around the kids. Um, she loves her siblings so much. But uh, I think she really enjoys being at school, hearing new voices and, and having kids come and, and love on her. Um, obviously, it's not the same as it was a few years ago, but the, the interactions that we see and that we witness, she's always loving school. Um, typically, she has the same routine as a, as a second grader. She wakes up, we do breakfast, she goes to school, she comes home, she takes a rest, we do dinner, and I mean, she has a very solid routine, just like her siblings. Um, wait, wait, she's, Lane, she's seven and correct. already in second grade. 
Correct. That's crazy. She just turned seven. You said this summer. Yes. Her, she must still daily, weekly, monthly defy the odds. The doctor Absolutely. keep telling you guys, well, she's only going to live or do or be or can't do, can't be. But it sounds like I know every day is not rainbows and sunshines. I know that. <laughs> but it sounds like she is 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 getting it done every day. Absolutely. Well, Lane, I, I, I can't thank you enough for sharing your story, your journey, your mission. And I know it's just you, but I know you and Catherine are a team. And Team Hagen, it seems like, is really, really pushing the ball down the field, so to speak, and helping others and giving back to the greater good. And what a, what a remarkable story that Libby keeps writing every single day. So thank you for sharing all of this today. Well, I appreciate it. And thank you for giving us the opportunity. Absolutely. And guys, that's why I do these conversations. Interesting people in their areas of expertise. And you hear uh, Lane's passion. You hear the, the mission that they're on. And the fact that Libby is at Cherokee Bend in second grade, I think is just remarkable in and of itself. So I applaud what you and Catherine and the family are doing. And, and again, thank you for your time and sharing your story. Absolutely. Well, guys, that's going to conclude us for today. These, gosh, these stories just every week I look forward. That's why I've been doing this for almost five years now. And we uh, will continue 10 o'clock a.m. Uh, Central Time each Tuesday, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Nomberg Law Live. You guys have a safe week, and we'll catch you this time next week. Take care.